0: Hello and welcome to Intelligence Talks. I'm Anna Ward, Senior Residential Analyst at Knight Frank. So this week we'll be looking at all things design, focusing on the future of design in the rental sector and thinking really about what tenants are looking for in this post-COVID era, specifically in build-to-rent, so homes designed for rent instead of sale. Our 2020 multi-housing report forecasts that this year will be a record year for investment into UK build-to-rent stock, with a figure topping £4 for the whole year. I'm joined now by Knight Frank residential research partner, Oliver Knight, and CEO and co-founder of HomeViews, Rory Kramer, the first and only review platform for residential developments. HomeViews was a contributor to our 2020 multi-housing report, which forecasts that this year will be a record year for investment into build-to-rent stock in the UK, with £2.7 spent in the year to date and a figure-topping £4 for the whole year. So, Ollie, given those forecasts, what would you say is underpinning the confidence currently in the build to rent sector and how did it perform during the pandemic?
1: Thanks, Hannah. Well, I think the first thing to say is that the build to rent sector as a whole has really proven to be one of the more resilient. I guess, whilst that may seem somewhat surprising given the wider backdrop, it really points to the fact that. Actually, investors at the moment are increasingly looking for long-term stable income, and and that's something that residential rental investment provides, particularly um, as has been proven in the past during times of uncertainty. It's also really a reflection of the fact that investors recognise and are comfortable with the fact that the underlying fundamentals underpinning the sector have been unchanged by everything that's taken place. We still have this shortage of good quality housing in parts of the UK, particularly in the rental market. We still have a growing population. And, you know, even during a pandemic, people still need somewhere to to live and to rent. And and none of that has, has changed, I guess, from a more practical perspective as well. All of that has, has really meant that institutional-grade build-to-rent properties were also one of the first asset classes to have their market uncertainty clause lifted by the RICS, the Royal Institute of, of Chartered Surveyors. Um, and certainly, we've, we've seen a number of, of, kind of notable transactions completing over the last eight weeks or so, and, and we're expecting more to come in, in the run-up to the end of the year.
0: And what about rent collections? That was obviously a big topic in the report itself, and that's been challenging across various sectors, across property. How did rent collections hold up for the built-to-rent sector?
1: We've done quite a lot of work trying to understand the impact uh, of recent events and and what that's been on on rent collection within the the built-to-rent sector. I think it's probably fair to say that if we rewound to March, there, there was concern Over what the impact would be of of things like furlough or or temporary pay cuts on tenants' uh, ability to to pay the rent. We've put out some some figures from a survey that we have been conducting on a monthly basis with some of the the biggest investors in professionally managed rental stock in the UK. And actually, what we found is is that so far, the, the sector has actually performed incredibly well. So, Rent collection over the last six months has, has averaged 95.2%, for example, which uh, compares pretty favourably to the performance of, of some of those other managed real estate sectors that we've seen in, in recent months or or even quarters. I think one of the reasons that we've seen that is that this, this kind of reality that over the last few months, there's been a, a real recognition that our homes in particular have have never been as important as they are now as as places not just to live, but also to work and to socialise. And as a result, residents are are really recognising that the value of of living in a a purpose-designed, high-quality home with with excellent on-site facilities and and also good management. And that value and and quality of service has really been a major focus for every landlord in, in recent times, and it's helped to keep lines of communication open and and ultimately help to keep those rent collection levels really high.
0: And in terms of the growth of the market, obviously, you know, people are familiar with build-to-rent and it it is continually growing, but the current pipeline represents only 2% of total UK rental dwellings, according to your report. How do you see this changing over the next five to 10 years?
1: As investment has has risen, delivery has as well, albeit as you say, it remains a, a pretty small proportion of total rental stock in the UK. According to our database, there are just over 46,000 built-to-rent homes currently complete in large schemes across the UK, and there's a further 84,000 either under construction or with planning permission granted. Now, that pipeline has been growing year on year, and given the amount of investment looking at the sector at the current time, we fully expect that the number of purpose-designed properties which will be built, let, and managed as as homes for rent by professional investors is going to continue to rise albeit it is still going to remain a, a relatively small portion of, of that total pie of, of rental stock across the UK. If we're looking across a, a kind of five or, or 10 year horizon, I think interestingly, one thing that we're seeing in that pipeline is a lot of growth for schemes located outside of big cities. So kind of currently six cities, which include you know London, Manchester and, and Birmingham, account for around 75% of completed build to rent stock. But What the pipeline tells us and shows us is is that actually investors are recognising the potential in smaller cities with good local fundamentals, as as well as in commuter towns with good transport links to major cities. And I think over the next five or 10 years, what we'll start to see is a much greater geographical spread of of built to rent development across the country.
0: Thanks, Ollie. Rory, turning to what tenants are looking for, it must have been a really fascinating year to go through all of their reviews and clearly... I imagine the importance of well-being and wellness and social family must have only gone up. But what, what else did you find from their comments and feedback during your research on this?
2: Well, obviously some of the data within the report that we've just released is from our, our 2020 National Built to Rent survey. What came through on that across the thousands of reviews that we had on nearly 40% of the occupied built-to-rent buildings at that point in time was the importance of management. And I think that, that built to rent has really raised the bar in terms of the level of service that people can expect. And by that, it's really down to front-of-house staff where there are front-of-house teams. They can be the difference between making what on paper is a relatively average building. Maybe it doesn't have all the facilities that some of the sort of five-star buildings do have, but the staff and the way that it's managed and the way the community is curated. the point of difference and interestingly obviously having spaces where they can put on events so communal spaces and the quality of those communal spaces are incredibly important and and this is all something that actually tenants haven't really experienced before if you were a a private tenant in a new build development with a private landlord you didn't have this sort of curation from the team on the ground there and i think that's you know the biggest difference between the experience for tenants in in a built-to-rent building uh, and what they had experienced before. That also was really crystallised during lockdown, where actually a lot of the built-to-rent partners really excelled in creating that feeling of community and safety and neighbourhood and and actually uses of those terms in reviews during lockdown jumped quite significantly, which we allude to in the report. And obviously, you know, the rise in, in home working during lockdown meant that many of the built red buildings that do offer co-working space or just communal space that if you can't you know if you are in a, a smaller flat a one bed or a studio having somewhere where you could you know get get out and get some headspace was very important.
0: Do you see that changing though I mean given that operators may look at changes in design and With the home working point, I mean, do you think that there'll be a need to kind of increase bedroom space or, I mean, if people want to just work alone, for example, do you think that there'll be design changes there?
2: Well, I think that comes down to affordability at the end of the day. You know, I think a lot of people would like to have a two bed instead of a one bed so they can have an home office, but will they be able to afford it? I think that the unit mix may be something to look at, dependent on the location and the size of those units. But more importantly, it's that communal facility offer. and making sure that, you know, those spaces that they do offer, I mean, even just having great Wi-Fi that's included in the package, which it mainly is with most built-to-rent providers, it, you know, isn't something that a lot of tenants experience with a normal landlord and the quality of Wi-Fi as well. So I think that it's about designing the communal spaces with with a higher use in mind but also being clever within the design and the built design of the units and and having desk space and, and a place where someone can work comfortably but also get out of their own private home and stretch their legs and during a working day when you are working from your own building
0: thanks Rory Ollie any any points from you just on that sort of question of home working and how that will tie into the overall development space
1: yeah i, I mean I, just to build on on what rory said i think a lot of this comes down to this idea that over the last six or eight months or so people have had the opportunity to fundamentally reassess what it is they are looking for and, and they value in a home and part of that is, is because homes have now been or become places where people have to live at work and socialise all, all in the same place. I think that the Really interesting thing which came through from the Home Views data, which is in the report, is, is this idea of community and neighbourhoods and the importance that tenants or, or residents are now place or, or increasingly placing on these factors. And that's something which the build-to-rent sector is, is, is really well placed to build on and, and to take advantage of. It's one of the big selling points of living in, in build-to-rent developments over that traditional build-to-rent sector and I think as you know longer term as tenant priorities change as a result of everything that's happened this service-driven model which is is kind of adopted by operators and and is quite clearly from the data that, that home views are, are collecting being valued by residents is, is going to emerge as offering clear advantages over that traditional buy-to-let sector
0: and Rory, what else did your survey reveal just around the design point and I guess what the post-pandemic home will look like for built-to-rent.
2: Well, I mean, interestingly, if you if you look at the top-rated built-to-rent buildings to what facilities they have, I think that was a really important revelation. Not probably not a surprise to a lot of people in the industry, but great to see backed up. Which is that in the top ten, none of the built-to-rent buildings offered pools, as an example. Whereas all of them were pet friendly, and all of them had concierge, and all of them had communal spaces. So. I think that being thoughtful about the facilities that you provide within a built to rent building and maybe not just not, not to say that, you know, pools can't be fantastic if they're managed properly and maybe they're in a space where they are used often, not maybe in a windowless basement, then they can have an impact. But ultimately, what's important to people is being able to enjoy the life the way they want to, have a pet, being able to meet their neighbours in a lovely environment and that's proactively managed by the team on site. Um, there's also, we compared purpose-built, built-to-rent buildings and how the tenant experience changed with a retained-to-rent building versus also office-to-resi. Actually, most of the office-to-resi were permitted development buildings. And we saw a very clear trend that a purpose-built, built-to-rent building delivers a better quality experience. But an interesting point in our data is actually two of the top rated built to rent buildings in the UK were office to resi conversions, which what that proved is that actually it's not impossible to make an office building work really well as a rental building. It just needs the right attention to detail and the right thought. And and I think particularly with this. In this moment in time, looking at delivery of homes and uh, changes to planning policy, understanding that actually offices can make great purpose-built rental product, but they need to be thought about in the right way, and that is, I think, a really interesting point and something that you know we really hope our data can help help turn the lights on for designers and developers and planning and authorities as to what makes a great home from the point of a resident.
0: And what sort of locations do you see that happening most? And I think the report shows that for London, at least, sort of the outer locations are more popular. I mean, when you bring in office conversions, does that tie in with that trend as well? Or or are you thinking more kind of city centre for London? No,
2: so it's interesting. So the office conversion, the only, the one rating was on home views where office conversions were more highly rated than build-to-rent and build-to-sale was actually on location because obviously offices are usually located within a central location or very close to good transport links. But in general, what we see in London is actually some of our highest rated buildings are in zones three and zones four. And I think that's for lots of reasons probably because of the value perception and value for money, but also areas like Stratford, where you've got an amazing wealth of amenities on your doorstep, fantastic transport connections, lots of green space and relatively affordable rents, particularly when you compare them to sort of core areas closer by to that, maybe three or four stops on the tube that are significantly more expensive. It all goes towards that sort of moving out for slightly more space and better access to green space. I suppose on the flip side of that, when the highest rated buildings that we have currently on Home Views, a number of them are in core city centre locations in regional cities like Manchester and Liverpool, which is also interesting because obviously the city centre dynamics within Manchester and Liverpool are very different to living in the city of London in terms of noise and traffic, maybe not building work because there's a huge amount of building going on in, in Manchester. But it's been really interesting to see how people perceive a location even if it is slightly further out but it's delivering what they want
1: on on that last point from rory yeah. I, I think a lot of it is about delivering communities as well and, and one thing we're seeing when we look at the pipeline is that actually a lot of the build to rent developments which are either under construction or, or with planning permission granted are, are getting bigger so if we if we just look at say the average number of homes in schemes under construction, it's it's about two hundred and sixty-four. If we look at the number of homes in, in schemes which are uh with planning, it rises again to 320 compared to about 212 for the units in completed schemes. And I, I think one of the things that you're able to do or or operators are able to do slightly further out from the centre, particularly in London, is build bigger schemes or or, or build schemes at a a greater scale. And and that helps with this kind of whole idea of of creating neighbourhoods and and creating kind of communities. I think that probably is, is another reason why. I'm sure Rory can do, can uh, feed in on this as well, but it, it may well be another reason why those location scores tend to be slightly higher for for those slightly outer areas in, in places like Stratford, for example. I mean, Newham is is one of the most populous boroughs for build to rent developments. When, when we look at what's already been delivered, and that idea of of delivering a large number of homes and and having a, a kind of a big community of tenants living there and and using the facilities is going to help in terms of creating neighbourhoods and this kind of perception of a community, which has been proven to be really key when it comes to built-to-rent developments and, and tenant satisfaction with the developments that they live in.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, if you look at the feedback that the large community schemes get and also the ability of them to be able to curate the space with their commercial offer and, and retail offer, I think one really nice example of, you know, being able to react. I suppose it's slightly different in terms of place making. but when we were doing our survey with Get Living residents at the East Village a year ago, there was some feedback. There was a bit of frustration that there wasn't any glass recycling within the area at that point in time i it wasn't being collected the residents had to travel to drop the glass off and because living in East village you know is such a substantial number of residents they were able to action that with the local council and within a month's time there was glass collection on site so i do think that you know having that scale and although having a huge number of residents listening to them and being nimble and being able to apply change is an amazing way of building trust with residents and when you do have scale it's it's easier to do that
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Intelligence Talks, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also make sure to share this episode on social media and check out the show notes for more information.